This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is supported by Trustonomy, an original podcast from One Trust. Every good relationship you have, personal or business, it involves trust. But we all know that trust doesn't just happen, right? We've all lost trust in a friend or a brand or a product. Trustonomy is a new podcast that looks at true stories from the past to understand how trust works and what makes it stronger and how to rebuild it when it's broken. Now, you know, I'm a sucker for a good podcast that weaves historical stories and relates it to what's happening today. So I thoroughly enjoyed this Trustonomy episode and recommend that you check that out as well. Search for Trustonomy in your podcast player. We'll also include a link in the show notes. Many thanks to the One Trust team for their support. As artificial intelligence continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation that we can't ignore AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. With over 750 specialized hackers in their community, HackerOne isn't just theorizing. They're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large organization, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security again HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security. So this week on the show, it's just going to be me. But we have a really good story for you. And Mike will be back next week. He's just tied up hosting industry virtual the product conference so we wish him the best of luck if you are an industry attendee i hope you're having a fantastic time and if not well next year you should grab a ticket because it's one of the best product conferences out there but today i wanted to talk about a company that's been in the news this week so earlier this week, you may have heard something like this on the news. Trevor Milton, the founder of electric truck company Nikola, is voluntarily stepping down as executive chairman and giving up his board seat. This move comes after short seller Hindenburg Research accused Milton of making false statements about Nikola's technology in order to try and grow and secure partnerships with automakers. Both the Justice Department and the SEC are investigating allegations made by Hindenburg. 
Nikola says that Milton agreed to relinquish 4.9 million performance-based stock units that had been granted to him back in August. Check out the stock, though. It's down by 29.5% this morning, a decline of about $10. So how did Nikola founder Trevor Milton, who is famous for saying this line? There's very few people that can out Elon in this world, and, that, and I'm, I'm one of them. Get to the point of stepping down from the $10 billion electric trucking company amidst allegations of fraud. Well, that's what we're going to find out today on Rocketship.fm. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka. And I'm Mike Belsito. So Trevor Milton's journey starts with his first company, U-Pillar. They allowed users to check out only once with items from multiple vendors. It was pretty cool, right? The company actually soared to 80 million monthly users, but then they failed to raise the capital needed to support the team and the company, and it it eventually failed. Here's Trevor Milton talking with Jason Kalkanis on This Week in Startups in July of this year. I tried to scale too quickly. That was a big problem of mine. Like we, I, we were, we were, we were spread out thin. So we, we were focused in certain markets for, for e-commerce and we were killing it. And then we tried to hit the whole country and it, and it just imploded. So the problem I should, if I would have just stayed focused on the markets that we were at, we would have done well. And we would have had enough people on the site to inside those markets to make it valuable. Um, instead, I tried to just go more the whole country route type of thing. And, and it really hurt us. That was a the second one is, is that I was in the wrong area. I was in a small town in Utah called St. George and that there's no one there that does investments into the internet at all. Right. And so I was in this town where no one even knew about internet investments. They knew nothing about it. And I was trying to raise money from people that were doing construction. And so it was just a terrible, terrible idea. I should have been in, if I was in Silicon Valley, I would have probably raised five or $10 billion if I wanted to. Five or 10 billion if you wanted to, right? Of course. So then he started Dehybrid, a company that wanted to reduce fuel costs and clean up emissions by taking diesel engines and modifying them to run on diesel and natural gas. This first iteration of Dehybrid failed after a misstep from Milton. I'm quoting here from an interview he did with Forbes, but he said, after entering into a deal with an investor for a large stake in Dehybrid, it was later discovered that the investor was taking our intellectual property. As a result, the only option was to sue that investor and close our company. So he decided to relaunch the company as Dehybrid Systems, which was similar to the previous company, except with a greater focus on building natural gas and hydrogen storage systems. It was eventually sold with its 28 employees to Worthington Industries. Here's Trevor again on This Week in Startups. Well, outcome, it would have been my previous one, which was Dehybrid Systems, where we built hydrogen and natural gas storage. So I came from the heavy duty industry already, understanding heavy duty trucks, storage, how to store energy. Um, that's that one I sold to Worthington Industries. We did a few million revenue our first year, second year was 13 million. We're on track for 50 million the year after. And that's when we sold to Worthington Industries. So out of this acquisition, Nikola was actually born. Here's Trevor defending the name of the company, which he came up with years after Tesla Motors was founded. Yeah, it, it would be a prick move if it was. It had nothing to do with that. It had everything to do with uh, the fact that Nikola Tesla was the greatest inventor in the world. I'm a true inventor. I'm a creator. I started five companies in my life. I've been doing this for 20, you know, over 20 years. I, I know what it's like to create. I know what it's like to innovate. And the greatest creator of electricity and technologies around that have been Nikola Tesla. 
So this was paying homage to him, had nothing to do with Elon. And the biggest problem that I have is, you know, the, the guys over there that got upset at us for doing that, it's all a pride thing. It has nothing to do with it. Like, no one, Mark, this is everything. I mean, I guess the argument would be you're kind of drafting on their branding. You know. what, what do we get out of it? There's nothing we get out no, of it I other mean, than criticism. It creates a category. Every journalist has to say, oh, Nikola and Tesla, Nikola, Tesla, get it. Like, it basically me, it puts you yeah, in the category, right. you know, or stands you next to them, right? It's kind of like a photo yeah. bomb. I guess, well, I guess a there's a like, way to describe it. I guess there's probably some good that can come from it, but there's yeah. also been a lot of bad. And so I've, I've, all, I've always told people, look, when I have a belief in something, which is I think that Nikola Tesla was one of the greatest inventors in the world, I'm going to name my company after him. I own the trademarks on it. So I'm going to do it regardless of what someone else thinks because I'm a guy of principle. Yeah. Now, if if someone else doesn't like it, I, I don't, it doesn't really matter to me. But it, just to answer your question, it had nothing to do with, with Tesla itself. I did, I mean, look, I've been, a, I've had Tesla cars for the last, I think over five years now, and I finally just got rid of it. I finally went to a Jaguar I-Pace to try it out. And it's the first time How in five years. How much better is the Tesla than the uh, Jaguar? Um, software wise, Tesla destroys Jaguar quality wise, Jaguar destroys Tesla. So the unique part about Nikola's premise was that they were able to build both electric and hydrogen powered trucks, the hydrogen fuel cell electric vehicle or FCEV as they're known in some, you know, rather small circles, they run on pressurized hydrogen from a fueling station. They produce zero carbon emissions from their exhaust and they can fill up in under five minutes while offering a similar driving distance to the current petrol cars. It sounds great, right? Well, there's an upcoming battle that's actually coming over hydrogen versus electric vehicles, and it sounds like Nikola, they didn't want to take a side as other car companies have, like, say, Volkswagen, who said, the conclusion is clear. In the case of the passenger car, everything speaks in favor of the battery, and practically nothing speaks in favor of hydrogen. Elon Musk has come out against hydrogen and BMW quoted the overall efficiency of the power to vehicle drive energy chain is therefore only half the level of an electric vehicle as they are also not in support of hydrogen. But that doesn't mean that hydrogen is is bad. It, It has its own special use case. The reason why hydrogen, though, is inefficient is because the energy must move from wire to gas to wire in order to power a car. This is sometimes called the energy vector transition. We're going to get in the weeds a little bit just to understand the difference here because it's kind of important. Let's take 100 watts of electricity produced by a renewable source, such as a wind turbine, to power an FCEV that energy has to be converted into hydrogen, possibly by passing it through water. This is around 75% energy efficient, so around one quarter of the electricity is automatically lost. The hydrogen produced has to be compressed, chilled, and transported to the hydrogen station, a process that is around 90% efficient. Once inside the vehicle, the hydrogen needs to be converted into electricity, which is about 60% efficient. And finally, the electricity used in the motor to move the vehicle is around 95% efficient. Put together, that's only 38% of the original electricity, or 38 watts out of 100, are actually used. With electric vehicles, the energy runs on wires all the way from the source to the car. The same 100 watts of power from the same turbine loses only about 5% of its efficiency on this journey through the grid. You lose a further 10% of energy from charging and discharging the lithium-ion battery, plus another 5% from using electricity to make the vehicle move. 
So now you're down to 80 watts or 80% of the electricity. And in other words, the hydrogen fuel cell requires double the amount of energy than that of the electric. And this is why Elon Musk, BMW, Volkswagen, they're all on the side of the electric vehicle. In addition to that, there's also an argument over infrastructure as charging stations or battery swapping stations will need to be built to make either one of these viable. So we're gonna get into that after a quick word from our sponsors. Okay, before the break, we were discussing hydrogen versus electric motors, with electric motors seemingly winning the passenger car market with companies like Volkswagen, Tesla, and BMW behind the idea. Now, trucking may be a little different though. Just like we have diesel and petrol today, with diesel containing more energy than petrol and the vehicle's engine combustion process actually being more efficient with diesel, but it kind of lacks that pizzazz and the obvious availability of petrol gasoline. But hydrogen actually may win the trucking market, according to many, because it has the long range potential and it requires less weight, which is huge for trucking. So. Back to Nikola, and here is Trevor again talking about this. So actually what people don't know is Nikola is the only group in the world that offers both battery and hydrogen. So we have, we do build these big semi trucks and they're either hydrogen or battery electric, and they're two different markets. So a lot of people think that battery competes with hydrogen, it doesn't. They're completely different markets. I'll explain this. Battery works really good up to about 300 miles because you, you don't need as much weight on batteries to, to, you know, for the range. So you can get that vehicle to do what you need it to do and it'll go up to about 300 miles. Over 300 miles, hydrogen makes much more sense because of weight. The weight is everything in trucking. So every pound of batteries you have on your vehicle, you're losing about 50 cents per load per pound, up to. So in, if you have a truck that weighs 10,000 pounds more like a battery does compared to hydrogen, then you're gonna lose up to $5,000 on every load you do every day if you're at full gross weight. And he goes on to explain they've been able to get the cost per mile for hydrogen under that of diesel. Now what we did is we've been able to drive hydrogen down to under $4 a kilogram. We're about $3 a kilogram on hydrogen now. So all of a sudden those economics now make sense. You're cheaper than diesel. You know, you're down below that 30 cent per mile mark on, on fuel. So now it makes total sense to to drive hydrogen. And how'd they do it? It's about standardization. So it's like a phone, right? When Apple makes a phone, they'll make 25 million or hundred million of the same thing. Yeah. So uh, up in America right now, there's no two hydrogen stations that were actually developed on the same platform. They're all, they're all engineered from the ground up separately. So it's like your cost is outrageous and they have to, but there's no standardization. So we, we developed the first ever standard hydrogen station that can be produced in the thousands. And that's the key is you just drive the cost down. And they've been able to sign a big deal with Anheuser-Busch to produce these charging stations along what's known as their standard route so that Anheuser-Busch can spin up a fleet of hydrogen-powered trucks. So what is their business model? When Peterbilt sells a truck, they're going to make $15,000 in profit on that truck. When Nikola sells a truck, we can make almost a quarter million of profit per truck. That means they have to sell 20 times somewhere around there. We make 20 times more money per truck we sell than Peterbilt does, than our competition. And that's because we own the hydrogen. We own the oil, but it's not real oil. It's zero emission fuel. Mm. And that's the key to hydrogen is, is you own the network. And previously, the people who were building the cars, making the hydrogen batteries, and those building the fuel stations were all different companies. But now, 
because they're only building fueling stations along known popular routes that are part of these larger business deals with shipping companies, they de-risk the whole operation. Now, all this sounds good, right? But we'll get to the fall of Trevor Milton after a quick word from our sponsors. So before the break, we learned the difference between hydrogen and electric vehicles and how Nikola's ability to develop both hydrogen and electric trucks could be an advantage with hydrogen likely to replace diesel as the standard for the long haul trucking industry. But all of this came crashing down on Monday morning with this report. Let's hit Nikola. Shares closing lower by 19% today as founder Trevor Milton steps down as executive chairman amid an investigation into the company. Nikola has fallen out 35% since Hindenburg Research published a report accusing the company of an ocean of lies. So we should point out that Nikola went public with a reverse merger with Vector IQ Acquisition Corp on March 3rd. The deal gave Nikola an enterprise value of $3.3 billion, and they raised $525 million from investors. Now, about two weeks ago, short seller Hindenburg Research swooped in with a new forensic research report that made harsh accusations of fraud against Nikola, claiming its promises were intricate fraud. This Hindenburg report is what kicked off this whole saga. Now, there's a lot in the report. But the crux of it is, on December 1st, 2016, Nikola unveiled its prototype electric semi-truck, the Nikola One. In a video of the event, CEO Milton can be heard discussing the Nikola One, claiming that it fully functions and works, which is really incredible. In January 2018, the company released a short promotional video of the Nikola One truck driving along a desert highway. Hindenburg claims to have investigated the site of the second video and shared text messages from a former Nikola employee that it claims proved the video was staged. According to the text messages and the site investigation, the Nikola truck in the video was in fact rolling downhill rather than operating under its own power. These findings shadowed what Hindenburg describes as growing skepticism over the functionality of Nikola's trucks. We have never seen this level of deception at a public company, especially of this size, reads the Hindenburg Report. It also quotes the hydrogen fuel cell technology company PowerCell AB, a company that formerly partnered with Nikola, as saying Nikola's batteries and hydrogen fuel cell claims are hot air. Here's more from a recent CNBC segment. First of all, I, I think the research was, was great. Um, there had been some reports previously about Nikola and some of the issues with the demonstration, but Hindenburg managed to bring a lot of new facts to bear. So I was impressed by that. Um, clearly, Trevor Milton is somebody who should, uh, you know, we should look a little bit askance uh, because, uh, I mean, there, there were, even before the resignation this morning, I would say he had no credibility. And... To me, the, the thing that really sticks is the promotional video that the company films of the, of the Nikola One, um, where it referred to it as in motion and it was moving, but all they did was push it down the hill. And the fact that Nikola fought back so hard with fire and brimstone in its response, but then admitted that 
that allegation was actually correct, and they and they said, well, we never said it was moving under its own propulsion. That says a lot about the company, um, just in terms of the and the credibility of the people running it. Um, does it say anything about the technology? Yeah, I think you can infer that there could be more issues there than uh, you know we would have otherwise thought. But um, yeah, I mean, really, you know, just really a bizarre and outrageous tale when you consider the market cap of this company. Yeah, and I'm not going to dispute individual claims with you. I mean, we have not, CMC has not verified any of the claim, claims of, of fraud or anything like that. We've just been following the, the public as well. But Carson, what do you make of the sell-side analysts, some of them, coming to Nikola's defense here? Well, yeah, and look, I, I will also just touch upon... Um, you know, that fraud point for a second. Um, the company did admit that the video, that it was gravity powered. But there is an interesting question. I mean, do these, do these statements, um, do they amount to securities fraud? I don't know. Um, I, think it's a, I think it's a little bit close because companies have these safe harbor statements. And so when they give projections or when they make statements about the future, um, they can always fall back and say, well, gee, you know, we were really optimistic and yeah, you know, we were too optimistic, but we told you that the future is inherently uncertain. So there might not be a good securities fraud case here. So all of these things that are, you know, I think if we were sitting around having drinks, we would say are clearly BS statements might not be fraud. Until an official full-length investigation is completed by the SEC, it's hard to determine if Nikola is really the next Theranos or if Hindenburg's accusations are more in the interest of the investing public or its own pocketbook. But time will tell, and we'll do a, an update once we know a little bit more. So thank you so much for listening. Mike and I will be back next week with a whole new product journey. We're actually working on season 10 of Rocket Ship right now, which is going to be a good one. Uh, but we got a couple more product journeys to go. So we'll be back here next Thursday. Thanks so much for listening to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM now has a premium ad-free feed. All you have to do is go to glow.fm forward slash rocketship and subscribe. It helps support the show and it gives you an ad-free experience. You actually get an exclusive feed that you can listen to on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yeah, and Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective, which is a community for software product people. Product Collective is also the home of industry, the product conference, industry virtual workshops, and one of the largest Slack groups for product people anywhere. And we're also on the Podglomerate Network, so a huge thanks to Podglomerate. You can listen to all the Podglomerate shows at thepodglomerate.com. We'll see you here next week on rocketship.fm.